This is 50 Feminist States, a road-tripping storytelling podcast visiting all 50 U.S. states to interview feminist activists and artists about their work for gender justice. I'm Amelia Freeby, and this week we're in 25 states. Oh my gosh, 25 states! here. Welcome back to 50 Feminist States for this extra special bonus episode to celebrate the fact that we have been to 25 states together. That means that we are halfway through this 50 state project. And I mentioned this a bit at the end of the final episode of season three, but I wanted to take some time to just celebrate this milestone together. I'm a big believer in the idea that the process is what it's all about. And especially as, you know, a podcaster who goes on road trips, so much of the joy of the road trip is the process of being on the road, right? It's that being in the middle of things, being between places. So I love celebrating these kind of moments that are on the way to something else, but really centering ourselves in that fact of being on the way. So today we are celebrating 25 states visited, which is wild to me. When I first started this project, obviously the plan was to go to 50 states, but it's been a true dream and a joy. And I am so thankful for all of you who have supported 50 feminist states along the way so far. So for this episode, I want to go back to the very beginning and tell the story of 50 Feminist States, uh, from my perspective at least, from when the idea kind of really came to me, how it came into fruition, spoiler alert, with all of your support. And then I'm going to share updates from so many of the people we've talked to so far. So as you've heard already, we've been to 25 states and I've spoken to 55 people in those 25 states. That's 55 feminist activists and artists, amazing organizers, amazing thinkers, amazing people. And And I'm excited to share with you some of what they're up to now, especially from some of the earlier interviews. I mean, season one, I talked to those folks in summer of 2018. So a lot has happened since then. Before we dive into all of that, I want to give you a heads up about two really exciting things going on for 50 Feminist States right now. One is, if you're listening to this in real time, we are having a merch sale online. So I've been calling it our snail mail merch sale, and you can get 50 Feminist States tees, tote bags, and fanny packs for really low prices this holiday season. Every purchase supports the podcast. That money goes directly toward future episodes, and you get some super cool 50 Feminist States swag in the process. So if you you head to 50feministstates.com slash merch. That's F-I-F-T-Y feministstates.com slash merch. That sale is going on until December 17th. I also wanted to let you all know that 50 Feminist States is finally on Twitter. Many people have been asking about this for forever. I didn't get it together to create a Twitter account, but we are there now. So you can find us at 50 Fem States. That's F-I-F-T-Y F-E-M States. Again, that's F-I-F-T-Y F-E-M States. Uh, it was very hard to pick a handle because 50 Feminist States is too many letters, no matter how many ways I tried. So you can find us on Twitter at 50 Fem States. I'm so excited to connect with all of you there. So go ahead and give us a follow. 
All right, so let's jump into this bonus episode. So if you're wondering how 50 Feminist Dates got started, I often tell people that the idea for this, it almost felt like it came to me in a dream. I think that it was downloaded from the universe in some sense in the summer of 2017. You know, 2017 was a rough year for many of us politically. Uh, I was at the Women's March in January of 2017. I was feeling super frustrated with the political landscape as I still am. And I wanted some way to really capture the resistance that I was seeing to that through so many of the feminist organizers that I knew, so much I was seeing on the news, so many stories I was reading about the really badass work that people were doing to resist patriarchy, capitalism, racism, sexism, white supremacy, colonialism, all these things in the US right now. So I think I was just like deep in those feelings. And I was working on a podcast for a local radio station in Chicago. And I was itching to travel more. And it really felt like one day I woke up and 50 Feminist States was, I just knew that's what I was going to do. I even knew what the name was, which is always kind of funny how that happens. Fast forward like nine months and I launched the first Kickstarter campaign. And this is really where all of you come into play and have done so much work for the podcast. So the first Kickstarter campaign went live in April of 2018 and 119 of you pledged $5,796 for this project to come to life. And I really just can't say enough how much that means to me. I mean, at that point, there was no there was no podcast. I hadn't done anything yet. People were just supporting this idea that I had. And I am forever grateful to the people who funded that first campaign and brought the project to life. From there, I did two seasons worth of interviews, season one in the Midwest and Mountain West, season two in the Northeast. We'll check in about all of that in a moment. And then there was another Kickstarter campaign to pledge more states. So for the second Kickstarter campaign, 50 Feminist States Future Seasons, that went live in May of 2019. And 138 backers pledged $7,262 to help bring this project to life. Again, to make more seasons of the podcast. So, so far, all of you listening and others, I'm sure, who aren't listening right now have pledged over $13,000 to bring this project to life. And I really cannot say thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It would not happen without you. Every single one of those dollars has gone to supporting this project, to making more episodes, to paying for, you know, gas money and hosting the podcast on the website and all of these things that add up. It's an expensive project, but I am always so, so touched when I'm able to say that we are listener supported and community funded because we truly are. And that is thanks to all of you listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't, I can't keep saying that enough. After that second Kickstarter campaign, I went back on the road this summer and recorded all of the episodes for season three, which just wrapped up a couple weeks ago, which got us to this 25 state milestone, which is so, so exciting. Um, I'll give you a heads up that there are some very special episodes coming your way at the beginning of 2020. We're going to do a little mini season on the West Coast with episodes from Washington, Oregon, and California. And then there will be another road trip to produce another full season uh, later next year. So, so excited to have all of that going on. Now that I've thanked all of you many, many times, now that we've talked a little bit about what's made this project possible, let's revisit the people who have been on the podcast so far. So if we rewind back in our minds to the very first episode of 50 Feminist States, which is still the most listened to episode, and honestly, one of my favorites of all of them. Um, We started the project in Nebraska, where I talked to Coop, Amber, and Alex about their work around reproductive justice and home births. I wasn't able to reconnect with them for this episode, but I can tell you that the climate around 
around reproductive health and rights has not gotten much better in Nebraska since we were there in 2018. So in 2019, the Population Institute gave Nebraska an F minus rating for reproductive health and rights, which is obviously the lowest rating possible. Since that episode, there's also been more news coverage of home birth restrictions in Nebraska. So when we reported that episode, there were two states in which it was illegal for a midwife to attend a home birth. That was Alabama and Nebraska. But Alabama made that legal in January. So now Nebraska is the only state that has these restrictions. And very sadly, they have been in the news a lot over the summer after a tragic incident when an infant died after complications during a breech birth at home. So the topic of home births and reproductive health in Nebraska is still really important. It's something I've been following. I'll include a few links in the show notes if you want to learn a little bit more about what's happening there and has happened there uh, in the past year and a half. From Nebraska, we went to Wyoming, where I talked to Jessica Baker and Dr. Colleen Denny. So Jessica was the skier who was such a badass woman and mountain guide. She's been doing more ski diva camps since we checked in with her. She went to the Tetons, Alaska, Greenland, and Patagonia this year and already has tours scheduled for the Tetons in Alaska next year. You can find those at skidivas.com. And I was able to catch up again with Dr. Colleen Denny. Uh, Since we spoke to her in summer of 2018, she traveled to Australia to study the visual culture of suffrage there. And she's been really busy with the 150-year celebration of Wyoming women's suffrage. She's been teaching a class on gender, political art, and propaganda and giving talks across the state to celebrate this really important milestone. From Wyoming, we traveled to Idaho, where I spoke to Amy Pence-Brown. I have to say I love following Amy on Instagram, so you can find her at Idaho underscore Amy. And she just talks so much about fat feminism and radical politics and being a mom and being a writer and being an activist. Like, I really love following her there. So I highly suggest you go follow her at Idaho underscore Amy. Of course, in addition to creating all those conversations, she's still hosting her rad camps for teen girls and adult women. And she also launched a Patreon where you can support her work. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. From Idaho, we traveled to Montana, where we did some of my favorite interviews of season one. I spoke there to Aspen Haugen of the Montana Racial Equity Project, which she has let me know is still going super strong. They just hosted a two-day conference with a keynote by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi, who is a world-renowned expert on racial justice issues. They're still doing education and advocacy work across the state. Uh, Aspen is leaving Montana, but has informed me that Montana Rep is still going strong and thriving there, which I'm so happy to hear. Of course, in Montana, we also talked to Senator Diane Sands. If you remember back then, she was running for re-election, so she was in the process of campaigning. She did win re-election in Senate District 49 by fewer than 500 votes, so it was definitely a close race. Uh, not clo- not a- quite as close as her last one, which she mentioned in the episode, but still really close. And I remember I was following it. I was like watching vote by vote things come in. It was so, so close for so long. Since she has been reelected this year, Diane has been the primary sponsor on a number of important bills in Montana state legislature, including laws providing safe harbor for pregnant women seeking help for substance abuse and bills revising laws regarding sexual consent and sexual assault kits in the state. So super important stuff. In our North Dakota episode, I visited the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation to speak to LaDonna Bravebull Allard, and I have an update from her on how their work is going. So I'm just going to read what she wrote so you can hear it right from her. She says, we are still working on stopping Dakota Access Pipeline. We just commented on the Dakota Access Pipeline expansion, where they want to expand the pipeline to carry additional oil from 5,700 to 1.1 million gallons of oil. The new proposed expansion would add additional pressure to the pipe. We also had pipeline spills in North Dakota, one is the second largest spill recorded. We're still working on what we can do as our world is being destroyed. 
I think that those words are really a testament to how we all can and should still be paying attention to what's going on in North Dakota and the work that Indigenous activists are still doing there to fight for the safety of themselves and their land. From North Dakota, we went to South Dakota, where I talked to Rachel Wilson and Tony Miller, who were both running for office for the first time. Unfortunately, neither one of them were elected to office, but we still, of course, wish them well, and I'm sure they're doing amazing things in South Dakota. And the final episode of season one was in Minnesota. I I did a lot of interviews there. I have a couple updates for you. So I spoke to Rachel and Melody of Feminist Killjoy's PhD podcast. They're no longer making that podcast, but they are up to some really amazing things. Uh, So you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram, which I'll link to in the show notes to learn more about their work. Cheeky Kitty, who I spoke to about their uh, walking tours and trivia nights to support, you know, really great feminist causes in the Twin Cities. They are still hosting Touchy Subject Trivia. And since February 2018, when they started that, they have raised almost $12,000 for Planned Parenthood Minnesota Advocates. So that work is amazing. I mean, we spoke to them in August of 2018. They'd only been doing these trivia nights for, I guess, about six months at that point. And now it's been almost two years and they've raised almost $12,000. Like how how amazing is that? I'm so impressed and so excited uh, about the work that they're doing. So that wrapped up season one. For season two, if you remember, we started in Pennsylvania interviewing two friends of mine, Brooklyn and Sara, about their experiences as queer, native, indigenous, trans folks living in rural Pennsylvania. They're still there, still fighting the good fight. Shout out and much love to them. In New York, I shared a conversation with another friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Ashley Bohr, uh, about her work with the Center for Jewish Nonviolence. She is still working with them and traveling to Palestine to contest and co-resist Israeli occupation. Since our interview, she has relocated back to Chicago where we met, and she's now an assistant professor of gender and peace studies at Notre Dame. And she just had a really amazing book come out. It's called Marxism and Intersectionality, Race, Gender, Class, and Sexuality Under Contemporary Capitalism. So I'll link to that in the show notes if Marxism and intersectional feminism are your kind of thing. They're definitely mine. In New York, I also spoke to Red, who is still doing really important work with Support Hose and the campaign to support Alicia Walker. That episode on sex work is one of the most listened to episodes of the podcast and one that I hear about from people all the time. So thanks so much to Red for being on the podcast. They were also recently a part of a vigil to uplift the memory of Yang Song and continue the fight against the criminalization of massage and sex working migrant people uh, in New York City and everywhere around the world. I was also super excited to learn they recently got to be part of a hacking hustling panel at Harvard. That's a super cool effort that I'm going to link to in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about the work that hacking hustling is doing. In Vermont, I spoke to Lucha Green Vice School and Emma Merritt. If you remember, Emma's involved in the co-op Really Art Apothecary in Burlington, Vermont. I love keeping up with their events on Facebook. I'll link to that in the show notes. The next episode of season two, I spoke to Crystal Parody of Feminist Oasis. And this update is one of my most favorite ones. Honestly, this update is kind of what inspired me to do this episode updating you on people because this fall, Crystal ran for Summersworth City Council in New Hampshire and she won. So now Crystal is not only a feminist business owner in New Hampshire, she is also uh, on city council. So I'm so excited to see the really important work that I'm sure that she'll do there. Yay, Crystal. Shout out uh, and congratulations to you couple more episodes from season two that I have updates for you on. In Maine, I spoke to Mickey and Claudette of In Her Presence, and Her Presence is still doing a lot of important work in Portland, Maine, including they just hosted an international recipe series featuring immigrant chefs. They are still doing these sorts of community dinners and lots of other programming. So you can also follow them on Facebook for more updates on their work. 
In Massachusetts, I spoke to Lakshmi Rangapal and Sherilyn Page, of which the vote. Uh, Lakshmi had some very exciting news to share, which is since our conversation, she has been hired as an assistant professor in the Department of History at Columbia University. So she's relocated to New York City and is working on her first academic book, tentatively titled Romans Abroad. She's also still performing and recording as Lycanthia. Her new record is set to come out sometime in 2020. It'll be called Some Viscera. And she's done quite a few site-specific performances this year at spaces, including Berkeley Art Museum, Pacific Film Archive, Chicago's Museum of Contemporary Art, and Edgar Miller's historic Glasner Studio in Chicago. So congrats to her on all of those things. Can't wait to see what's next for her in 2020. Uh, Cheryl and Paige are still running Witch the Vote, which is doing a lot of badass work. They did a big campaign in November around Salem's local elections, and I am sure they have a lot planned as we head into 2020 and the next presidential election. So you can follow them on Instagram at Witch the Vote and on their website to keep up with the work that they're doing as we head into next year. Two more states left in season two. Uh, the first is Rhode Island, where I spoke to Samantha Puck. Uh, Sam has since relocated to Montana, a different state from season one. But Fat Venture Mag is still going strong. They're nearing the final phase before production in a volume two. And they've got big plans for 2020. Outside the zine, Sam is working as the managing editor at The Beat and currently working on three book projects, which I am super excited to hear about. Um, you can keep up with her on social media. She's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as The Verbal Thing. And finally, our last episode of season two was in Connecticut, where I spoke to Alexandra Thomas, who was studying at Yale. After we spoke, she was awarded a fellowship to research the visual material culture of transnational Black queer feminism. And she's currently a graduate curatorial assistant in the Department of African Art at Yale University. So I'm so excited to see where her career takes her. I know that her research is doing really important work. Of course, after season two, we had kind of a series of episodes from North Carolina, where I was able to visit Northeastern North Carolina and speak to some really, really amazing people there. Um, I'm super pumped that I was able to reconnect with Caroline Stevenson from Cultivator in Chicago recently. She's been here working on the set of the TV show Empire, and she let me know that Cultivator is still around, always evolving as the community needs and doing really important work in Murfreesboro. I'm also incredibly excited to share that Ashley Phillips, a friend of mine from undergrad, who is a really amazing writer, her debut collection, Sleepovers, was picked by Lauren Groff for the 2019 C. Michael Curtis Short Story Book Prize. So that will be released on May 26th, 2020 from Hub City Press, which is so exciting. I have already pre-ordered it. You too can pre-order it at hubcitypress.org. Ashley also recently moved to Baltimore. So she asks that you please send her Charm City recommendations on Instagram or Twitter. Her handle is woodlandraised. So that gets us all the way through season two, which is super exciting. Season three obviously just happened, but I do have uh, a couple of updates from folks in season three. Obviously, the kind of people we're interviewing on this podcast are doing amazing work all the time. So it does not surprise me that some of them have already done super cool, new, amazing, huge things since I talked to them in August or September. Two of our interviewees from season three have new books out. So the very first episode of season three was in Missouri with Allison Thompson. She has released her poetry book, 
which we heard quite a bit about in the episode. Um, it's called Notes on Becoming, and you can find a link to purchase it in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go check that out and get yourself a copy. Hannah Drake, who was the final episode of season three, also has two new books out. So you might have heard me mention her poetry collection, Love, Revolution, and Lemonade in the episode. But she also let me know that she has a new book of essays out called Dear White Women, It's Not You, It's Me, I'm Breaking Up With You, uh, commentaries on race, white feminism, allyship, and intersectionality. So you can find both of those on her website, which I will link to in the show notes. Couple other updates from season three guests. Um, I heard back from Shailen Sawyer of the 99s Museum in Oklahoma City that they have put in a few new displays since our conversation this summer. They have a new display for Kay Janner, and they're also soon going to have an aircraft mechanic photo op alongside uh, their pilot and astronaut photo ops in the museum. So kind of bringing in another aspect of aviation. They also, as you might have heard in the episode, just celebrated the 90th anniversary of the 99s and the 20th anniversary of the museum in November. So they've had a whole lot going on this fall to celebrate that. Another update from S.E. Nash, who we talked to in Kansas City. Uh, Sean's work was just featured in a solo exhibition called Crowdsourcing, a socially engaged exhibition that continues his investigation into the collective and creative inventions of people and microbes. So if you remember, that episode was all about fermentation and feminism. And I'm super excited to say that the 50 Feminist States episode featuring Sean was also at the exhibition. So Sean contacted me and we got a copy of it and they had a little listening station as part of that exhibition at crowdsourcing. So shout out to him and his work. Thanks so much for including us in this super exciting moment. Congrats on that solo exhibition. And last, but certainly not least, I wanted to share that I am working with Adrian of Feminist Hot Dog, who we talked to in Alabama, on a really exciting celebration of feminism that we'll be hosting in January 2020. It's going to be called Best Feminist Life, and it's going to be all about the ways in which we can integrate feminism into our daily practices, things we can learn, things we can do, ways we can support, ways we can build community. So make sure you're following us on Instagram to hear more about that when registration goes live, so you can follow 50 Feminist Day at 50 Feminist States. That's F-I-F-T-Y Feminist States. And you can find Feminist Hot Dog at Feminist underscore Hot Dog. So follow us there. uh, And I hope you'll join us in the celebration of feminism in 2020. Okay. So I hope that you enjoyed that check-in with some of our guests so far. I really cannot say enough. I am honored to have spoken to all 55 of these folks in the 25 states that we've been to so far. I am honored that so many of you listening have supported this podcast with your time, with your money, with your love. It really is the thing that makes it happen. It would not happen without all of you. I feel like people say that all the time and we almost breeze past it. Don't think of it as a big thing, but it is such a big deal to me how many of you listen, how many of you support the work, how many of you are paying attention to these feminist activists and artists all across the nation, often in places we'd never expect them to be doing such important creative work, fighting for a better world, fighting for gender justice and queer liberation. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to celebrate 25 states with all of you. I cannot wait for the next 25. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm going to have a mini season for you at the beginning of 2020 that I can't wait to share. And then there will be more episodes and of course, more Kickstarter crowdfunding on the way for us in 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful end of year and decade. And until next year, I'll see you on the road. Feminist
into this episode of 50 Feminist States. You can find show notes at 50feministstates.com slash podcast and follow us on Instagram at 50feministstates. Special thanks to Danielle Sines and Jessica Neria for our theme song. Until next time, wild ones, we'll see you on the road.